and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum, and on, on today's show, we're going to catch up with Jake Muse. He's from Maui Nui Venison, and Brian Glazer comes back and tells us uh, some updates about Hohonu. And of course, we'll talk about their companies, climate resilience, and the Elemental Accelerator experience. And I want to welcome you both to uh, Bike Marks Cafe. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. So, you know, I, I, I want to get into a little bit of your uh, re- relative, you know, um, co- company stories because both of your companies are pretty different. You know, they're, you know, one's a, well, I, I don't want to characterize. I want to let you guys tell your story. But in, in my mind, you know, there's a, a pretty big difference between like uh, Maui Nui Venison and and uh, Hohonu. Uh, one is a kind of a data company. Another one is a uh, kind of you know uh, produce uh, company. And but they're both products or have been a, a participant in Elemental Accelerator. So we'll kind of get through uh, the Elemental experience uh, you know a little later on in the show. But I wanted both of you to maybe give us a a real high level. What does uh, your company do? And and uh, maybe we'll start with uh, Jake. And tell us what is uh, Maui Nui Venison. I mean, it, I kind of get the name, get it from the name. But what does Maui Nui Venison do? And uh, what's your sort of uh, uh, maybe elemental ex- experience story? Sure. Uh, thanks again for having us, Bert. Maui Nui Venison harvests invasive axis steer on the island of Maui. And we turn those deer into food for both uh, community and our customers. We were lucky enough to be invited to participate in Elemental Accelerator's 12th cohort, which is currently ongoing. It's this year. And um, that's to help us specifically scale our Holoi program. We um, have a donation program that we started post-COVID to try and move venison into food insecure areas of Hawaii and specifically over the last, you know, six months, Maui, um, post fire. And so Elemental is helping us, uh, scale that program, which we're really excited about to be able to, you know, collectively share more uh, food with the community. So Jake, when, when I sometimes think of, of Elemental and, and I tend to maybe characterize the companies that they get involved in, uh, from a, from a tech standpoint, uh, was it was it um, what interests them the most about Maui Nui venison? And was it uh, Elemental that came and approached you, or or was it the other way around? What was how did that partnership uh, form? Yeah, so we've been I think we'll call it friends of Elemental for several years, um, having known about each other. And I think maybe what we can't speak for Elemental, but I think what's probably most interesting to them is we maybe filled two gaps. One, the livestock industry, uh, for right or wrong reasons, often gets demonized in the conversation of climate. And the idea of removing an invasive species, one that produces significantly less methane than cattle, so i.e. the production of meat with significantly less methane, Mm -hmm. but two, collectively, the benefit of the removal and consumption of that animal and what it does for ecology, food systems, like local community, that collective circular benefit, I think they were really excited in. And then um, Elemental has 
a strong uh, both tie and um, what would be the best way to say it. They're very demanding when it comes to a company's uh, or solutions commitment to community. And it's something that we um, are very proud to have done, I think, since day one. So I think they, you know, we're excited to see that commitment and how we're integrating community into the solution of balancing population. So when, when you talk about the environmental impact of what uh, Maui Nui Medicine does, and I can really appreciate what uh, you are contributing to, you know, helping to to save the environment, because these access deer are really pretty devastating. Was it any? Did you have to convince Elemental in in that mission, or was that something that they uh, resonated with already? Yeah, I think it's something they resonated with already. It, it's a certainly a community wide issue, and I think by the time we were having a conversation, like a serious conversation with them, the governor had already issued the. Fifth emergency proclamation mm-hmm. for access deer, and so it wasn't an unknown of the detriment of letting the population continue to spin out of control. And we were already, um, we were already, I think, what that they considered scale, having already harvested, you know, thirty thousand plus deer, moved millions of pounds, you know, both across the country and through the community. So them seeing the current scale we are at and the collective benefit of, of helping to accelerate our growth, I think was, was probably, a, uh, yeah, it was a good time to have that conversation for sure. Well, I, I want to I delve a little bit more deeply into some of the numbers you just shared, like, you know, thousands of deer, millions of pounds. I mean, that truly is scaling. And, and I, I guess it's more than just a couple of guys going out and, you know, shooting deer. So, uh, I, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about that uh, uh, a little later on the show, but uh, I want to give Brian a chance to share what's happening with Hohonu. And and as I had described a little earlier, I, I, you know, pretty different companies. And Brian, I've always known you as a, kind of a data guy, a sensor guy, a, a, somebody that's uh, really doing a great job in doing uh, data analytics, analytics and, and looking at how some of the uh, natural occurrences could be perhaps modeled and understood uh, with sensors and, and data. And I, I think you've been able to scale that across the country because uh, I think when I met you uh, early on, you were out at the, you know, the Heia fish ponds, <laughs> but I think it's gotten uh, much bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, a really lot of fun on the, on the journey. You know, Hohonu is a climate tech company and we focus on bringing environmental monitoring access to, for real-time water level, especially, but also water quality to everyone. And so, we, you know, we've launched Ohonu as a public-private out of my laboratory at the University of Hawaii, out into the marketplace, and through mentorship and advisement from great groups, including Elemental Accelerator and other ways, others, we've been able to kind of take what, for me, and you know, started in, in local Hawaiian fish ponds and thinking about, you know, how do we answer some of the questions that are accelerating today because of climate change that didn't exist hundreds of years ago? And what are the tools that are available today to, to, re, to meet some of those challenges and that idea of really democratizing the access, taking the technology out of the laboratory and out into communities who are on the front lines facing effects, accelerating effects from climate change is really key to the DNA of the company. Um, we've gained some traction. Elemental has been fantastic in providing mentorship and advice and contacts and networking. And we're today we're in about 110 locations in 15 states across the U.S. 
And the last time I talked to you, uh, you, you had received a pretty good kind of grant from NOAA, if I'm not mistaken. Has, has that kind of uh, continued? How do, you, how do you sustain the effort? Is it primarily through the business model, or are you still seeking other grants? Right. So, you know, we do have kind of technology that we invented in the lab, and the hardware isn't really the, the hardest part of the platform and making data accessible. And so we've settled in on kind of access to environmental data as a subscription, as a business model, and mm-hmm. we provide the hardware. Um, we talk to the communities and understand what the problem is and what kind of spatial scale we need to deploy sensors in the right new locations to really understand the problems. That works great for the federal programs uh, like NOAA, like USGS, like others who are um, funding projects, maybe coastal resilience projects that are dependent on monitoring, tracking, quantity, and quality of water changes in the coastlines. So it wasn't much of a sales job, quite frankly, to work our way uh, and, and become partners with federal programs. Mm-hmm. Um, once once we sh- kind of proved ourselves at the federal level, then it, it's be- begun growing word of mouth with state, county, local, municipal, and even commercial uh, clients as well. So is, is uh, the business model kind of proving out where you have a recurring revenue stream through subscription as well as uh, looking at grant opportunities uh, that could further sort of the research and the technology? Absolutely. And right now, it couldn't be a better time to really be catalyzing companies like ours with access to real, meaningful climate legislation that's been passed with funding attached to it. And so with the release of um, uh, Inflation Reduction Act funds starting to trickle out and more Mm -hmm. coming in 2024, it's a great catalyst for companies like ours to get out get into the community without um, having much risk associated with it, prove ourselves, and then maintain longer-term funding through commercial clients. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and I do want to continue this conversation and talk a little bit about uh, both of your efforts uh, to scale, having started in Hawaii and then scaling across the country. I think that's a, it's pretty exciting. So I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with Jake Muse, co-founder of Maui Nui Venison and Brian Glazer, founder of Hohonu. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, and the Rice Partnership. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Jake Muse from Maui Nui Venison and Brian Glazer from Hohonu. And uh, we're talking about their companies as well as climate uh, resilience and the elemental accelerator experience. And right before the break, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, kind of scaling. And, and, and both these companies have really proven themselves to be able to scale uh, in in the in the business model that they are are working from, now uh, Jake, you know from a um, scalability standpoint, I mean, and I know you shared some numbers uh, just a little while ago about you know thousands of deer and and millions of pounds, and uh, is that just from Hawaii? I mean, <laughs> that's quite amazing. And you know, what is the I don't know if you want to share the secret. How do you how do you get to that kind of scale where you're producing that much product? Um, well, well, scale and growth for us is directly tied to our mission goal of balancing populations. So mm-hmm. can't have that goal without really solid data. So we do some of the, well, 
some of the, for sure in North America, some of the most advanced mammal surveys utilizing forward-looking infrared. So that number is actually reversed in from collectively the total population. So we know the total, like the total population right now is about 60 to 70,000 deer on Maui, mm-hmm. going to 210,000 deer if we don't, you know, flatten that curve. Um, access deer reproduce at about a 33% rate a year. So it's pretty easy to punch that into a simple interest calculator and figure mm-hmm. out where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so we reverse into that number saying like, we need to be harvesting, you know, around 11 to 15,000 deer a year in combination with community and several other people to, to balance those populations. So that's, we've built to match that number, which we almost did this year and, and definitely will do next year. Um, and then completely expect as a business model or as a solution to get smaller in the future. The current number of access deer um, isn't, I believe, at an acceptable level for community. We're trying to figure out what that looks like as a function of ecology and other food systems it needs to cooperate with. So that number is going to come down. So ultimately, if you're really a solution, your us as a, as a business that will will get smaller in the future on Maui at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, we reversed into the solution to design where we needed to go as a function of scale. Now, one of the things that uh, is going to be a determinant for the ability for you to, you know, get to the thousands of, of, of deer that you have as a projection uh, is the harvest, right? And, and, you have to have people on the ground helping to uh, kind of conclude that that harvest, and that's somewhat human centric, right? It's it's kind of dependent on the more people you have on the ground helping to uh, you know get the deer. Is that is that a, a challenge? I mean, are they you know can you multiply those numbers easily, or how do you how do you scale that sort of human factor? Sure. Um, well, luckily, when you ask a hyper-local person if they want to work all night, going really fast, driving UTVs, like shooting, harvesting animals, and they're typically a hunter already, it's not too hard to convince them. It's hard to get them to stay after they do it uh, for the first couple times because we only harvest at night. So getting them to work all night is <laughs> yeah. difficult sometimes. Yeah. But we've been... We've been very, very lucky uh, to find a great group of individuals, both on the harvest and butcher side locally. I think we've got 37 full-time people now. Wow. Um, and, yeah, I think, especially this day and age, somebody that really understands the impact they're having on community. Um, and these guys are literally changing the landscape of Maui with the work that they're doing it's pretty easy to get them to show up at 10 p.m. every night and be ready to go. So you do have a pretty strong uh, cadre of folks that are uh, your dependable harvesters. I mean, they're, they're, they're there, and, and are, you, are you needing to grow that to meet the, the demand or the, you know, the growth numbers that you're trying to achieve? So we'll need to grow it a little bit next year about, by about five to seven people, but we are right there and already have all of the kind of systems in place to, you know, accept those next, uh, like the other people have a really interesting model where all of our teams work seven days on seven days off and get a full salary and full benefits. Um, 
so that's a that's a big win for somebody locally that loves to fish or take care of family those seven days off are, are a huge plus for us to leverage so yeah we have all of the systems in place to um kind of take that next step next year which we're excited about so you're really helping to not only you know climate resistant resilience you have uh you know environmental uh protection you have uh, even even the continuing to foster and cultivate a, a lifestyle yeah and and i think it's been so awesome we did an experiment last year where we offered unlimited overtime so we said to everybody on your seven days off you can come back get time and a half and work as much as you want and we wanted to make sure we were compensating you know our team and community well and it was so interesting bert nobody took the overtime oh is that right they, they would have rather gone ulua fishing or helped oh. the community <laughs> church or spent time with family or started their own fencing company or like it was so interesting and it was a great marker for us to make sure we were we were compensating you know our staff and community we i think of them one of the same really well um and and yeah so it serves all of those things which is really you know something we're proud of and then i think probably the, the last one on the list there is food security Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, such a tragic event on Maui with those fires. And, like, we literally, like, the night of the fire, we're harvesting deer for 12,000 bowls of chili two days later. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are very few local resources we can call on instantly in abundance. Um, and so I think they, yeah, those guys take a lot of pride in that as well, too. Well, uh I, I, I don't want to get Brian back into this, but uh, Jake, so when are you going to expand to Molokai? Because I know you're not quite there yet, but uh, are there plans to try to look at including, you know, some of the access deer populations uh, on, on Molokai? Uh, no, no plans yet. We want to, um, all of our time, energy, and focus is, is on Maui for now, and we really want to make sure we do that the, the right way, and um, that's going to definitely take a, uh, another couple of years of focus for sure. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, just the, the sheer sort of logistics of dealing with the uh, sort of supply chain, you know, of the product uh, would be a little bit difficult if you had to incorporate a, a kind of a, another island. Yeah. 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 Now, Brian, um, you know, from a, from a scalability standpoint, I mean, it's probably a lot easier to scale sensors than it is to scale hunters it, yeah there's challenges <laughs> for sure you know nothing about hardware isn't hard of course but you know so many times research academics will have you know, some kind of innovative new solution and it'll result in new knowledge publish papers graduate students and then that kind of stops short right of ap- actual application out in the field to frontline communities for emergent climate problems and that's what we were really deliberate about making the decision to move this technology out of the lab and into the marketplace and you're really with the the kind of increased ability to measure say specifically water level at spatial scales that were used to be cost prohibitive that has academic value we're working we're selling data to the national weather service to mm-hmm. think about storm surge flooding and the flood that just the floods that just went up the east coast of the continent um, you know, we've been in close contact with lots of sensors along the way there. But really the larger value to me is the, you know, the platform gives access to data to folks who previously didn't have access, non-academics or non-government research scientists, um, giving that information in the hands of the public and also city, town, county, municipal, sustainability officers and managers 
um, is a whole new ballgame for how we can really um, be prepared on the front line of episodic flooding threats, for example, like we're seeing here on Oahu today even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I do want to um, kind of get into some of the takeaways from being a part of Elemental uh, and their uh, recent cohorts. So we're going to hold that thought. We'll be right, right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Jake Muse from Maui Nui Vezin and Brian Glazer from Hohonu. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and of course, right here on Hawaii Public Radio, HPR One. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Jake Muse from Maui Nui Venison and Brian Glazer from Hohonu. And right before the break, uh, Brian was telling me about about a uh, little bit about the uh, the the scaling of Hohonu and doing a lot of work in a variety of different communities. Now, Brian, um, tell me, you know, in terms of what were some of the key benefits of being a part of the elemental experience that you have now pretty much kind of incorporated into your company and the ability to, you know, grow from this point on? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, we, we had domain, decades of domain knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. I was born in Pittsburgh, lived up and on the East Coast, have been here in Hawaii for 19 and a half years thinking about oceanography, right, and oceanographic problems, but had no idea really what it took to start a startup and launch a business and build teams and really think about building a culture for the company in, in addition to solving the environmental problem. And Elemental was great for that, not just for the, the programmatic and the cur- curriculum, the level, level of excellence that, you know, we met everybody there. Um, also the support from the peer, the peer network. And so all of the other cohort um, you know, folks from from those companies have been great for thinking about mechanics of scaling and thinking about shared experiences for wins and losses and how to go about really taking and finding a product market fit and, and generating some, some revenue to get going. Um, it has been, you know, super useful. And so, uh, you know, Brian, in terms of, um, I guess, keeping in touch with the elemental uh, sort of cohort family, uh, has it has it been easily accessible? Uh, you know, on since you've graduated already from cohort eleven. I mean, how do you how do you kind of keep in touch with them? Yeah, great question. Yeah, so there's two fantastic meetings per year: one here in Hawaii, one in San Francisco, which are great. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a different focus on each. Um, attending those, there's Slack channels, there's text messages, there's email threads. Some of the um, other companies who are kind of closely aligned to us in the coastal water space, we've stayed in touch with. We've sent potential customers each other's way. So it really is a, you know, a kind of a community that with a family feel to it. And, and Brian, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, you and I first met, uh, there was always this dilemma of, am I a professor or am I a business entrepreneur? What have, what have you concluded in, in 2023 going into 2024? You still teaching at the, at UH? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just <laughs> entered in final grades yesterday. Uh, you know, I'm still doing both. And, you know, the, the neat thing is that um, we're actually starting to see some real synergies on both sides of the house. And so by having some success at a national level and exposure with Ohonu helps to reflect back well on the kinds of work that we do, you know, in my lab at UH and across the, the tech innovation uh, culture that's growing at, at the university as well. And uh, the kinds of work and colleagues that we're exposed to, as well as potential employees down the road with student uh, student graduates, um, helps to, to generate 
know, kind of moving and floating all boats in uh, in the climate resilience pathway. No, that's great. And Brian, before I move my attention to back to to Jake, uh, where can people find out about the Hohonu? Sure. Yeah, Hohonu.io is our website. We just recently launched an app in the iOS store, and Android should be out uh, probably in January. It's called Tidecast, and it has more and better tide data than anybody else. What is it free? Can I download it, it and is. find out tide, tide data in, in Honolulu? Right Hawaii? Now, Tidecast, oh. all one word. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do that right after the show. That's great. Fantastic. Now, now, Jake, uh, you know, from your experience with Elemental, what is it that uh, was the key takeaway that you're putting to use? Uh, of course, you're still in the cohort, so maybe uh, share what you're trying to get get out of get Elemental and and uh, you know what kind of value they're going to bring to uh, Maui Nui Venison. Sure. Yeah, I think Brian summed it up really well. I think the collective value of Elemental is what you'll see with them over years and years of being lucky enough to be a part of that that ohana. Um, for us, I'm going to take the very tactical route here and say, like, they put a project in front of you with a deadline, with timeline, with Gantt charts. And as an entrepreneur with so many things going on, sometimes take somebody else telling you, like, hey, you got to get this thing done for things to happen uh, in a timely manner. And so I actually find a lot of value in just the very simplistic, like, tactical nature of, like, having deadlines sitting in front of me to execute this project that we've, you know, proposed to do. Um, so we just submitted essentially, like, the final scope of work and, and now have uh, the rest of that in front of us. So very, very much still will realize the collective benefit, I think, of Elemental um, as we continue on, but obviously reached out to folks like Brian prior to joining, and the sentiment from everybody was exactly the same. Like the opportunity to be a part of this community, this Ohana of so many different like people from different places. There's just so many different resources available as you know, you've got, you pick up 110 instant friends that you mm-hmm. know what they do and you can ask questions. It's, it's pretty invaluable for sure. And, and can you share what that project was that they gave you such strict uh, deadlines for? Oh, so it's the proposal we have. So we are going to try to, we're going to try and scale our donation program for the community. We had been already donating a couple thousand pounds of venison every month. And mm-hmm. we're going to try and scale that from a couple thousand pounds to 10,000 plus pounds every single month, essentially indefinitely. So uh, lots of different things there to figure out to try and make that happen. And, um, so that's that's the project we have in front of us for this year. Well, you know, I mean, I, I I'm all for donations, but uh, how's that make you money? <laughs> well, luckily, it's only a percentage of um, our collective like supply. But what's been really interesting to figure out is when we look at what we need to balance populations on Maui, um, our community is actually our solution. So the USDA will only allow you to operate on large landowners. Um, they restrict the areas you work based on size, but there are 50 plus percent of the access to your population is located on properties or landowners that have like 100 acres or less. So we actually have to create a program where we're able to go into those small parcels, figure out ways to harvest deer. And then because the USDA hasn't approved it, it is only a, it is only allowed for human consumption if it doesn't enter commerce. So if it's used for donations, oh, so it's really interesting, like, the community is feeding the community is going to be the solution for balancing populations on Maui. I think that's just a 
uh, uh, awesome win-win for everybody. So, Jake, where can we find out more information about Maui Nui Venison? Yeah, we've our website is where you can find absolutely everything from Kamaina purchasing to mission videos to everything. So that's the best place to go. Okay, I'll go check it out too. Uh, Jake Muse, co-founder of Maui Nui Venison. We got Brian Glazer, founder of Hohonu. And hey, guys, I want to thank you both for joining me today. Thanks a lot, yeah, Thanks for having us, Bert. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will reprise a show we did about the Advanced Maui Optical Surveillance or AMOS Conference. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you.